If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Ty Hua, here with my co-host, John Kahns, and we're providing leadership de development for Catholic ministry professionals. Every week, you can expect engaging discussions, expert interviews, and actionable advice to help you move Jesus' mission forward in your parish. Now, today, we're having a conversation with a real, live Catholic ministry professional, Hector Bautista. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is awesome. <laughs> we're excited. In case you were wondering in that in, in that intro, which one of those three categories you fall into, you're the expert interview. So uh, no pressure there. <laughs> I thought it was the Catholic, but, you know, I'm just filling it out. So. <laughs> well, we're hoping we're to fit that one, too. <laughs> well, that's great. Thanks for being on here. We, we appreciate it. What we always like to do is just kind of get away, get out of the way from the beginning of the podcast and, and just let you tell the people a little about yourself. Our listeners are, are going to want to know who is Hector Bautista. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I am Hector Bautista uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada. My mom is from England. My dad is from Mexico. How'd they meet? That's what everyone asks. Las Vegas, <laughs> a place of wonders and curiosity. They met. I don't really know where, to be honest. I've never really asked, but they met there and uh, they had me. The Lord has blessed them with a baby and I was here. Uh, I had a good conversion when I was about 16 years old. Um, there was this guy who was a pope. His name was John Paul. Uh, he was the second one. He wasn't the first one. And uh, he died April 2nd, 2005. And I remember thinking, man, I am just like living in this life of just sin, doing things I want to do. Uh, there's more. I don't know what that is, but I want to seek after it. And found myself just like searching for the Lord, giving the Lord a chance. And he continued to just provide and pour grace into my life. Uh, went on to do net ministries for a couple of years after high school. Um, it was a youth minister for a few years in Las Vegas, went on to do two more years of net ministries as a supervisor, a team supervisor with them. Uh, then, uh, worked as a youth minister in St. Ambrose and Woodbury, uh, Minnesota for I think four and a half years, almost five years. Then went and worked in the diocese of Las Vegas for three years, I think it was. And now I'm here in the diocese of Sioux Falls as the director of mission engagement. Uh, and essentially what that is, is I travel around the Diocese of Sioux Falls and I connect with lots of people who just have a heart for ministry, have a heart for the Lord, want to get involved, want to do things. I listen to people, try to get them connected with other people that are looking for those same things. Um, so it's, it's a great it's a great job. Uh, I found myself thinking recently what it would look like if every church had somebody who was a director of mission engagement for their parish who could go out and meet with parishioners take them out for coffee or just go eat dinner with them or something like that and hear what the Lord's doing in their life and see how, you know, what their passions, what the Lord is doing in their life and how to get them more integrated in their parish. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what I do. That's who I am. I'm married. I have a beautiful wife. Her name is Nikayla. Uh, she is a wedding photographer. She is super stellar. She is the most artistic person I've ever met. Uh, she sings, she plays piano as well as like three other instruments. She can paint. She, again, is a wedding photographer, is killer at it. Uh, Nikayla & Co. is her business, if you want to check that out for boredom. Uh, and then we have two girls, Avila and Sienna. And they both know how to do arm bars because I'm a martial yeah. arts guy. So there's All that. All right. So, well, okay, when we saw your last name, of course, everybody thinks of, uh, is it Dave Bautista? Yeah, it's that in, wrestler uh, 
wrestling. Yeah, exactly. And so we that's where our minds went. It's good to know that you're kind of living up to the name there a little bit uh, with the martial <laughs> arts. <laughs> Dave has nothing that. on me. I could take well, him, all right? Yeah, we're going to clip if that right there and send corner, it to John. him. <laughs> Dave literally guards the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> he does a good job with it, too. You know, I, I heard that in there, um, the coffee, that there should be somebody who's just on the pair of staff. Their main job is just to take out parishioners for coffee and to see where they where where their their interests their passions the call on their life meets up with the needs of their community and that really stuck out to me when i first reached out to you that you kind of you kind of sold it as like i i'm kind of i kind of gather stories and and i just try to connect people and mm-hmm. and i i love that in my mind that's something that a lot of our priests should be more free to do and mm-hmm. you know if if we could build in um more like solid, like experts, Catholic ministry professionals functioning at a high level, you know, really looking at their jobs and seeking to, to excel at it. They can relieve a lot of the pressure on the pastor and he can do that a little with a little more freedom. And I have, I mean, who doesn't want to drink more coffee? Um, I think that would be easy, easy sell for our pastors. But one of, one of the things that um, as we've gone into this ministry is to, to address kind of what you're after here, which is, kind of find those, those points where, where people need to be connected and where we really want to connect with people is, is that pain point. Where are you frustrated in your work? And, and how do you see, you know, Catholic ministry professionals getting frustrated in the work? Because as you're connecting people, I imagine there, you sometimes see where, well, your frustration actually meets well with this solution or this person. Um, what, what are some of those areas where you see that lining up? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I don't know if I'll speak straight from my experience here in Sioux Falls, but I will say mm-hmm. like just my overall experience in ministry and the places I've been in. Um, I think I was able to bring this down to three different, you know, ideas right off the top. Right. You have uh, you have classic parish politics, right? We're fallen human beings and we sin. And when people decide to get together and gossip and other people are excluded and don't feel like they're making any difference or supported by people, it just gets weird, you know? Uh, so breaking that down would be really helpful for people. Burnout is a huge one, right? Uh, burnout. And that and that's even in the regular workforce too, um, outside of the church, just like people get burnout doing so many things and feel like they're not really using their best gifts and talents. Um, so burnout's a, a big deal. Lack of leadership is uh, something I've seen a lot of just, yeah, professionals in in the Catholic world. um, They don't have a clear vision. They don't know where they're going. So they struggle. They struggle a lot. Um, I think there's probably a lot more, uh, you know, I would, I would probably say the biggest area of frustration for people is because they have stopped praying um, Mm -hmm. because prayer has become part of their job. And, uh, you know, when I'm so busy giving a talk about Jesus, I forget to talk to him or I forget to listen to him. Um, And that's where a lot of this frustration will come from. You you forget that the Lord is the one who called you into this ministry. You forget that the Lord wants to give you peace and excitement and joy about this. And instead you're letting, you know, the evil one and and this frustration about work get into your mind. And yeah, I I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated the most. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then they don't, realize that the solution to that is one yeah, to like pick up your habit of prayer and to do it intently, but then to pray at that thing <laughs> that is frustrating, yeah. right? To really, yeah. to really trust God with it. You know, that in a lot of ways, that's the solution is really to bring that thing into prayer so that God can transform it. 
and then to to really consider how you can have like real practical conversations about it to to work past the frustrations to work through them to work over them um have, have you found any solutions i mean what's what's been your experience as you've worked alongside people things that have really helped them to to work past those solutions is to help people start praying again or solutions is to like breaking parish politics or yeah all, all, anyway, all the above yeah you know we had a, a really awesome pastor when I was in St. Ambrose and uh, one of the things he would do, he, he just started taking us on retreat together as a staff. Mm. And uh, of course you're going to have people that are frustrated and want to do their own things or whatever, but we started bringing it back to what we all were about for anyway. You know, we're all here for Jesus. We're all about saving souls, uh, leading people to Christ, all that stuff. Yeah. And when you have somebody like him who is like, no, this is the goal. <laughs> um, this is what we're about. And reminding people that ultimately the Lord is more concerned with what he's doing in you than through you and, and having them remember that, that they are still a child uh, in his eyes and they can't earn his love when they start remembering those things. Um, then they become more free to do their ministry. They feel like they feel like they're doing their father's work rather than doing a job for 40 hours a week or 20 hours a week or whatever it is. Um, so it's, it's just reminding them of that, like, hey, you were called into this, like, live that. Unless he's calling you out of it, like, remember what he called you for and speaking into that, and, but not doing it as a general, like, hey, everybody, God loves you. But like, very specific, intentional, like, you have experience, you have this gift of this or that, like, use those gifts and, and use them well, because people are depending on you uh, to share the gospel with them in a way that only you can, you know? Uh, I'm never going to share the gospel with people in Worthington, but you know, somebody else will. Uh, so Worthington is a town in Minnesota. It has a big lake. It's called, I forgot what it's called. O okay. Beans or something. Okay. beans. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Watch your tongue, sir. Watch your tongue. <laughs> um, no, as you're talking, you know, the, the entire deal of like burnout and frustration, like that's why we have this podcast. It's literally why John had it in his heart to start this podcast, because he knows the frustration of working within this, this ministry of, of fallen um, Catholics, uh, sinners, and just people who, who, who want to do well, but they're not being led. Hmm. And people who aren't led tend to stray, right? There's no coincidence that part of the the whole gospel and and talking about Jesus is you know the lost sheep we're all lost sheep but when you're talking about a structure and and working within a structure and there's nobody to lead us you tend to find your your own way mm. and our own way never works literally never works right so Jesus is the way the truth and the life so while working through that ministry um whether it's in Woodbury or within the, the diocese of, of Las Vegas. Um, I don't know if it's the diocese of Las Vegas, but um, nobody likes them anyways. Have you found any tools that has worked for you? Um, and if you do, what's, what's your favorite one? Yeah, this is a, okay. So this is probably um, something I, I was really excited about when you guys called me up and asked me to interview me um, uh, yeah, I, there's so many tools out there. Okay, so let's just say Canva because I know I've watched all the other podcasts that you guys have been on and everybody wants to say Canva, right? Canva. Uh, but I, I would start off right from the top. You want to avoid burnout. You want to keep your staff. Um, you want to have people who are doing ministry effectively. Get them a mentor. 
or go seek out a mentor for yourself. Mm. It's okay to say, hey, I don't know everything. I have a mentor, you know, Bill Dill in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. He helps me out all, all the time. I, I call him all the time for questions. Uh, so get a mentor for yourself, rely on them, schedule out a meeting once every two months or once every month or something like that. Uh, second, I would say get a support and prayer team. So this is a resource that you can get yourself. Like you don't have to pay a subscription. Uh, you have people in your network. Get somebody, five people that will pray specifically for your ministry, uh, you know, and be vulnerable with them. You don't need to gossip and overshare about how your boss is mean to you and all these other things. Um, but yeah, have somebody who is intentionally praying for you that you can mm -hmm. share things with. Uh, for youth ministry, I really loved Why Disciple and Life Teen. They do a good job. Uh, for relational ministry as a whole, I like the pathway of discipleship. That's a that's a resource that's really solid to help see where people are at so you can speak to, you know, um, as they're progressing along. Uh, you like you like meetings and stuff like that. I think Calendly is an awesome thing. Uh, Notion for team communications. I'm a big fan of Notion. Uh, we use Notion in our office. Uh, we also use uh, Patrick Lencioni and the whole like style of meetings that he does, which has been really good. Um, yeah, there's a ton of good resources. It's just about like actually putting them to use, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate that too because it's not a like what you said wasn't a one size fits all sort of thing. It's like here's a bunch of them depending on what you're trying to do, which also assumes that, <laughs> that you you have an idea what you're trying to do. You have a vision in front of you. you you're either being led or you are stepping into some form of leadership, right? Following God as he leads you and you seek to lead people towards him. I mean, it, a lot of that assumes that, that you've taken some time to really discern what are your gifts? Where am I taking people? Uh, but the other side of that is mentors as an answer that that's one set. Anybody can find a mentor. You yep. just reach out, shoot them an email, send five emails before the end of the day today. And, and you're probably going to find somebody that's willing to work with you and, and kind of guide you and, and lead you at least answer some of those questions. Same with prayer groups. Your mom, call, text your mom. <laughs> Number yeah. one right there. You got someone yep. that's just going to go to war for you. I, I love that. That's great advice. I appreciate that. So when we talk about this too, you know, it, obviously ministry is is overall, like it's it's mainly a spiritual work, right? God is doing a thing and, and we are lucky to be able to be alongside him in the vineyard, co-creators, right? Doing that work. But there's also a practical side that he does, he does expect fruit. He seems to make that very clear in the gospels. And, and so how do you, how do you balance that, that spiritual side of ministry with the, the practical side of ministry? Kind of that it's not about the numbers, but also, I mean, it's a little bit about the numbers. How do you balance that out? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on what your ministry is, right? I think it depends on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish and who you're trying to accomplish it for. I mean, um, and what you have available to you, your resources, it's, it's hard everywhere. Uh, I think like, yeah, it, it, it's so hard because it's, the church is so big and to, to like hammer it down, you know, Damascus out in Ohio has hundreds of young people come to their camps every summer and missionaries and all these other things. And it's phenomenal. And then there's other camps in the country that, you know, don't even top 50. And uh, like, are they being fruitful? Are they meeting the needs? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the Lord is asking of them. There, there's this common like um, thing. Some of us youth ministers used to say back in the day, it was like, I would rather have like five kids who have a daily prayer life 
than 50 kids who just come to play games, right? Mm -hmm. I'd rather have five people who actually want to grow in relationship with the Lord than just five people who are coming because they have nothing else to do on a Wednesday night. Um, and for me, that's success. And you just take it from Jesus. I mean, he had 12 disciples. He didn't, he could have called 144 people all together at the same time and, and done ministry with them all. Uh, but he had 12 people that he walked with closely. And I think just taking that model and, and applying it to whatever you're doing, um, right? I, I think that's key. Uh, if people are taking that to heart, then I think that's how you know you're fruitful. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. Yep. So there's there's this idea, like, and you mentioned, you know, there's Damascus and there's, it, I think you wanted to say Adrian, Minnesota, probably not doing as well. In the camps, uh, who knows? Um, just kidding. I love Adrian. There's a lot of people I know in Adrian, so I'm not flighting them. But when you're when you're thinking of some place that is doing really well in ministry, what's the first place that popped in your mind? This is your chance to brag on them a little bit. Could be your church ministry you follow or elsewhere. Like who's doing it really well that you gotta you, you just gotta give them a shout out. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I realize I. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people. I right off the top, right? St. Ambrose and Woodbury is crushing it. They have, I think, they've sent over 280 men on a men's retreat in the last two years. It's a church. Wow. They sent 280 men to go on a retreat, a silent retreat. That doesn't happen, right? Um, they had booked out their own middle school camp, Extreme Faith Camp in Minnesota. Uh, and send 300 kids themselves to to go experience the Lord in a very real way. Middle school students, that doesn't happen, you know. They're crushing it. Um, you look across Focus. Uh, I wasn't a Focus missionary myself, but I, I'm seeing the fruit of what they've done, uh, especially now that I'm here in this diocese. Focus is crushing it, and they're, they're doing a really, really good job. Uh, I just talked to this kid named Sam. He's a uh, USD student, missionary um, and he has like 30 young guys that he's doing Bible studies with, with. you know, th those are the people that he's called to be with right now. Um, and he's doing it. And I, I just think that's beautiful that there's conversion and grace and all this stuff that's out there right now. Um, yeah, in, in this diocese, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a kiss up, but like my boss is one of the best I've ever seen at ministry. Uh, his name is Father Scott Trainer. Killer. Unbelievable. I mean, he, he does this thing called School of Missionary Discipleship and people around the country sign up for it and grow in prayer. Um, people don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you this place is insane. Uh, since moving to this diocese, I have been moved by how people continue to give of themselves. Here's another like the priests. OK, let me I'm going to keep going on this one. Father Christopher Cowles literally learned how to speak Spanish by going to people's houses, eating dinner with them. Um, because he wanted to be able to evangelize them. A priest decided to learn a whole nother language. And he did it by eating dinner with these people that were not of his his kind. That's insane, you know? Um, yeah, I could go on, man. I Especially because I know so many people. It's it's really easy for me to go on. But this diocese crushes it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is something special going on in the, the diocese of Sioux Falls. And uh, so good. Uh, I, I love Father Christopher Cowles. I, I, I know him from my time in the diocese and uh, you got to have him show you his chain mail. Like the guy, I don't know how he finds the time. <laughs> the guy's got so many hobbies and he just like goes full tilt into everything he's doing and just kills it at ministry. 
he's one of those saints. You just meet him, you know, he's a saint walking in our midst. Yeah, that's cool. Speaking of saints, I, I watched, Hector, your interview with the uh, Diocese of Sioux Falls' radio podcast show. Sure. And there was a line that somebody had told you that was essentially, and I'm going to paraphrase, I don't know if I'm going to say exactly the, the way that you said it, but it was like, if you want to become a saint, move to Sioux Falls. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more because when I moved here, John had already left. So I could not agree more. It was easy at that point. It was, right? it was so easy. It was. Get those stumbling blocks out of the way and, and block heads. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Every time I, uh, I share that, people are always like offended. And I'm like, I don't understand why you guys are offended. Like, it, it shouldn't be me who tells you how beautiful this place is. Like, you should just mm-hmm. open your eyes and see it. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. But that it was and, and I know you guys know what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so it's so good. It's really good. I, I think wait, wait, so real quick, John, I think what's happening there, Hector, is people are, are experiencing burnout or they just don't understand the beauty of it because they're so close to it. Right. So when, when, when you say those things and in their mind, they've ran through it a hundred times like, man, there's something wrong with the diocese. I wish we could do this. I wish this was better. I wish we had a ministry for this. I feel so blah. You know, I feel so blank about this, but they don't realize how good they actually have it. So when you say, yo, you want to become a saint, move to Sioux Falls. They're like, I've been here for 10, 15, 30, 40 years. And I don't think so. Um, you know, channel our, we, we love to poke fun at the ethels of the, the parishes, but I think that's what you're running into when, when you face that type of adversity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And I think you just, all you got to do is go to daily mass and then you'll, you'll see and the fact yeah. that almost every daily mass has like a hundred something people. That's crazy. And, and there's something to that question too. Why does that bother you? I think that's a, a really underrated ministry tool is just that one question. Why does this bother you? Like we're, we're really pursuing Christ. I, I see saints being built up in our midst. I see the Holy Spirit moving. Why would that bother you? And and it's it, the answer to that question is kind of the key to unlocking sometimes that next threshold of conversion, that, that next step that God is calling them deeper. Like there is something real there that they, like Jacob, they need to wrestle with this. And on the other side of that answer, on the other side of that question, there's a there's a tighter relationship with God. And and so to really kind of lean into that with people, I, I love that you're doing that up there. You're doing great work. I don't know. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying. I don't know if I am yet. I know. I really don't. Your false humility is terrible. Just just accept the compliment. Well, I mean, I am really humble. That, that's, a, that's a fair point. I am really humble. Uh, but I also just don't know if I'm doing a great job. I'm trying my best. <laughs> well, well, we're gonna have your boss on here down down the road. We'll ask him. <laughs> okay, yeah, let me know. All right. So, if you had the attention of the whole world for ninety seconds, what would you say? Could I? Could I? Could I change that question really quick? Would you hate me for that? It's your interview. You Do can you change it. it. Yes, we will oh, hate you. All right, cool. Uh, if I had the attention of a parish catechetical leader mm-hmm. for ninety seconds, mm-hmm. I would say lead a life that is attractive. Okay, Um, you want to avoid burnout, stop working over 40 hours a week regularly. Go live your vocation, okay? Enter back into your prayer life. That is one of the best ways you can evangelize to other people is by having a life that is attractive to others. 
where people see that you're a normal human being, that you have hobbies and interests, that you have your own prayer life, that you engage your family, and that your kids aren't questioning why you have to miss their sports game because you have to go do another youth ministry or religious ed event. You know, lead a life that's attractive. And if you're saying, well, nobody's going to step up and nobody else can do this, then empower people. Stop waiting on the sidelines for people to set, call people on to holiness, invite them into ministry. If you're in there, Jesus has called you into ministry. He's, he's pushing you forward. Now push other people forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's great. I don't even know how to follow up on that because there's, there's a lot of people that I just commenting on that, that little blurb that you just said, I think right off the top of my head, there's about five people that I could offend. Because <laughs> they do yeah, everything in the ministry, too, man. I don't mean to be offensive. I, I mean to be loving, you know. But I think in a, I think in a challenging way, Jesus was come like pretty offensive too. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think there's sometimes we get so wrapped up in right the pre the pastor's the pastor, and if you've got a good employee, you're going to ask him to do something else, right? And I think there's something natural to that. And if you are in ministry, you have that heart for ministry. You also probably have a heart for saying like, yes, if it'll help my people, yes, I'll do it. But if we keep saying yes and we never learn how to say no, we end up, you end up passing on. And even like if if this person leaves this ministry position, now they've built it up into this massive thing that nobody else wants to step into and take on. And so the next person has to have those conversations of like, here, here's the professional boundary here. You know, this is this is where the line has to stop because I'm I, I'm missing my kids bedtime. I'm missing my kids sports. I'm starting to resent my work. And it's because yeah. I'm being asked to prioritize work above my family. But it's a really practical conversation, but it is hard to take a step back and say, this is where it has to be. This is where the line has to be. Yeah. Boundaries yeah. is a really good book. If, if uh, you struggle with this, I, I would recommend going through that, you know, and remembering that your yes to one thing is a no to another thing. So if you're saying yes to more ministry, you're saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. That's important to remember. Yeah. No, I think we've uh, had our fair share of calling people out, but there's there's one more, and I need your help, Hector. I don't know, man. Who do you think we should have on the podcast next? God, who do you want on your podcast? Where do you, where do you want to be? What you want to be in Minnesota? You want to be in South Dakota? Um, Vatican. We're thinking more Vatican. Like if you could hook us up with the Pope. Who the fuck's up there right now? Who's the Pope? Is that what you just asked? No, I know somebody at the NAC. I know somebody at the uh, oh. American College. I'm trying to think of who I know. Who is the Pope now? Even who is, the, who is who is that guy? You guys should just randomly yeah. call a guy up there. <laughs> you know, it'd be great if you got an in. If if you could put a bug in uh, Bishop DeGrude's ear, we'd love to have him on the podcast. Like, I know he's super busy and stuff, but when when he speaks, lives change. Like I, and I, I think a lot of what's going on at the diocese there, we want to we want to share it. Like we we're both have experienced the fruit of the diocese of Sioux Falls. And uh, we'd love to just have the opportunity to pick his brain. Yeah, dude, send out an email to his uh, assistant, you know, and, and see if you guys can get that scheduled out like a couple months in advance. You know, I don't have, I don't have his ear. Uh, you probably have a better chance than me. Just the guy's busy. And we miss each other all the yeah. time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would say this, if, if uh, you want to talk about Catholic ministry professionals, there's three guys that come to my mind that are specifically like, I just think are really good. So Bill Dill, mm-hmm. the Archdiocese St. Paul, Minneapolis guy. Uh, he runs Youth and Young Adult Ministry. I think he's killer. Uh, Dr. Chris Bergwald, uh, he's, he's my coworker. I look up to that guy so much. Um, so he's been doing 
ministry in the diocese of Sioux Falls. He's like like one of the best uh, hidden things in the Catholic Church today, in my opinion. Uh, and I hope he writes a book. And I, I would say the third person, uh, I would say there's a guy named Pat Millay um, in in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis as well. And then if you want to get some priests, I'll say I'll give you a couple priest names too. Uh, Father Peter Williams in in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. He's doing St. Ambrose, so he's crushing it out there. Um, I would say out here, if you could get a hold of Father Andrew Dickinson, uh, he's he's crushing it too with with his ministry. And then uh, if you could get Father Jordan Sampson, um, he's up in Aberdeen. Those those two guys, uh, I've grown to be really close with them. I know their heart. I mean, I I think they do really really good stuff too. So. If you end up finding like you have a lot more priests that are listening to your podcast and need some of that stuff, that could be helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, we definitely want our priest voices to be heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we pick on them enough. I think they need to come on to defend themselves a little bit. Yeah. Here's another <laughs> thing. If you're, if you're a lay person and you're working in the church, like let, we gotta, we gotta hold our priests accountable for their days off, man. Like, mm. That is so important. That is so important. Um, mm -hmm. Cause nobody else will, right? Nobody else is gonna, so you gotta make sure that your guys are taking their day off and taking it well. So I just wanna say that one time. Amen. We're, we're gonna make that our calling card so that they think this is a really soft entry into like a nice fluffy podcast. Day and off. then we get yep. them on here and grill them. Yep. You wanna talk about burnout, man. Like those guys literally gave their life and then sometimes mm -hmm. they don't even get one day off a week. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they don't even get it. They have to be back in. It's just crazy to me. Like mm -hmm. we got to care for our priests, you know? Oh, absolutely. And speaking of making the life, live a life that's attractive. Like if you want to do good ministry, if you want to like evangelize when, when they are allowed to live a life that's attractive, they're allowed to have some time to, to rest, to have an actual Sabbath, you know, yeah. and they can, and they can come in then and they're not, grumpy or burnt out or stressed or strained because they've had that time with the Lord to, to be recharged. I mean, that's key to that. And, yeah. and they need it just as much as the lay professionals do. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine the, the guys, the young men that are discerning priesthood and, and all they see are old grumpy priests that work 23 hours out of the day that have no lives that have no real joy um, in outside of the ministry. Now I get, you know, some priests really love that, but if you're, if you're discerning priesthood and you don't have a good example of like, that's what I, that's who I want to become. Right. Mm -hmm. Obviously the cliche thing is I want to be like Jesus. I get that. But in a more real, um, concrete way, I want to look and feel the way that father, you know, insert your favorite priest's name I want to feel that way because he is leading me to holiness. He wants me to be um, the best person that I can be to get to heaven for me and my family. I want that too. So I I, I want to strive to be like that priest. Man, that, I, I can't agree with you more, Hector. Jesus called his disciples away to rest after they did all that ministry. We cast out demons. We healed the sick. We, we preached your name. We ate food in people's houses, and he said, come away and rest. And I don't think they actually did rest, if you keep reading on, but he still called them to rest, yeah. right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, so key, dude, so key. Well, this has been a great conversation. I, I think we could do, like, 10 hours of it, but I know there's boundaries. 
So, you know, <laughs> thank you for being on our podcast. Uh, Thanks for is having me. Yeah, is, is there anywhere our listeners can go to to connect with you or uh, support your ministry? Uh, yeah, I have about fifty five thousand followers on Instagram right now. Mm. I'm joking. I don't have any social media. I uh, <laughs> I do TikTok dances. Uh, <laughs> Just I by yourself. Snapchat. Huh? I use the dog filter. I don't have any social media. I, I have a LinkedIn account and I barely check it. Um, so yeah, but no, not really. Nice. <laughs> okay, but you're in the diocese of Sioux Falls, so if people want to connect with you, reach out to the diocesan chancery office, and you you can get in touch with Hector Bautista, pick his brain just like we did. So thank you for being on the podcast, and thank you, dear listeners, for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you want to transform your parish through your work, but you're not sure where to start, download our free parish health assessment at catholicministryprofessionals.com slash free assessment. It's just 36 questions. It only takes about five minutes to fill out. And afterwards, you'll have a, a color-coded picture of your parish's health that you can then use to fuel better conversations, prioritize better work, and become a better leader. You can email us at catholicmenpros at gmail.com to share feedback or request a free consultation. And finally, don't forget to text this episode to a priest or a friend in ministry that could really benefit from it. And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard.